Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you with a huge selection of new and used gear. It's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples, and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at CINAMI.org. That's CINAMI.org. Or call 559-370-4103. It's Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, a timely, timely book here called People-Pleasing Pastors, Avoiding the Pitfalls of Approval-Motivated Leadership. We need to hear this. Charles Stone, our special guest, well, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Michael. Our sponsors with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamics.com. Dynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So this is a big deal. First of all, okay, you equip pastors and leaders. So it's hard enough, you know, what goes into that. I think not everyone is cut out to be a leader. And certainly when they enter the arena of being a pastor, uh, some come back wounded. Yes. Uh, It's certainly not easy whenever you're dealing with people, but you have focused on something about people pleasing pastors. Why did you do that? Well, uh, Michael, I call myself a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in process. I I think I can probably uh, really root it to when I started a church in Atlanta, Georgia, it was probably a couple of decades ago. 
Um, and um, I went through, it was the time that Rick Warren was really, really big, but you know, he's a well-known pastor in California. So mm-hmm. I thought I was going to become the next Rick Warren of Atlanta. So we ran a little dance studio. First Sunday, we had 51. Now, you know, pretty good start. But Michael, I was so successful that within six months, I worked that number from 51 down to 17. Oh, my. <laughs> so, and the opposite the wrong of direction there. A wrong direction. And what I, unfortunately, what happened was I developed a, a pattern that certainly was probably from my childhood of trying to please people so that I could be a successful pastor and have more people in uh, my church so that I could feel good about myself. And that really gave, it sent me on this whole journey of trying to get a better understanding of to what depth is this an issue? Is it just my issue or is it across the board among pastors? And I found out through some research, it was quite, quite prevalent. Mm. Well, they want to keep their job. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's seems, right. That seems to be the fear. I remember a, uh, you know, uh, a seminary a professor, and he said, uh, the first thing you want to do when you get to a church, he said, change the bylaws. And it, it scared everybody when he said that, you know, because uh, I think what he was trying to tell the people, the, the students is that, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you, you're not you don't have a lot of support and protection at times. You know, you're leaving it up to a board or other people and people just come off the boat from seminary and it can be a frightening experience because if they don't learn how to be uh, people skills, they could lose their yes. job. That's right. You know, and I, I've, I've got two seminary degrees and my first seminary degree will learn about the Bible. Need to learn about that. Learn about theology. Need to learn about that. Need to learn how to have a devotional life. Surely needed to learn about that. But we really didn't get the training and some of these soft skills of working with people, but not just Michael, the soft skills of working with people. But really understanding what's going on in our hearts and our minds. We have this kind of uh, discontent in our hearts. What is that saying to us? And a lot of times it's rooted in in, uh, trying to please people and get affirmation from them. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people became actors because of that. <laughs> they want to they want to get <laughs> approval from uh, the crowd and didn't get it from mom and dad, whatever it may be. But uh, uh, it seems like it, it can take people down very uh, weird waters. And I have to say, and I've spoken to other people about going to church, that uh, it seems weird sometimes, you know, because there's a certain amount of charisma that pastors have. But when they're trying to find that likability factor in order to keep people coming back, and yet they don't want to be, I guess, firm on the scriptures, or they don't want to offend anybody, that type of thing, I guess that's when it gets down to some murky waters. Yeah, and it's probably good to differentiate good people pleasing from bad people pleasing. You think about the life of Jesus. He went about doing good. He healed people. He taught people. He loved children. He cared about the disenfranchised. And in and in being this God-man loving people from his heart, that pleased people. When you feel loved, you're, you're, you're pleased. So there's this category of people pleasing that is good. But the unhealthy people pleasing, what really what you're alluding to, is that we uh, I try to make people like us so that we can feel better about us. And sometimes what we do is we compromise our vision. Even sometimes we compromise our ethics so that we can have that felt sense of not being rejected. In fact, one of my, uh, one of my passions is the brain, the human brain. And what researchers have found out is in the same place in the brain where we feel physical pain, we also feel social pain. So 
when we are rejected by somebody, it actually hurts. Now, it doesn't feel exactly the same way as like, you know, you have a broken arm. It's kind of a sense of shame, too. You know, you've been, you, you've been rejected, you've been found out as unpleasable, unlikable. But anyway, back again in the brain, uh, there's a part of the brain just right behind our forehead called the cingulate cortex. And there's another part deeper in our brain called the insula. Those two parts of the brain plus other parts of the brain are involved in the, in the pain response, sensing and feeling pain. And so when we break an arm or we fall and, you know, we hit our head, big bruise, it, it hurts. But in those exact same areas, the cingulate and also the insula, when we feel social rejection, like the first time the girl in the, the third grade, uh, we, we left her a note on her desk. I like <laughs> you. And she, she wrote the letter back. I don't like you. It hurts in that same place. So people pleasing, if we don't sense that we are pleasing people, it actually hurts. And the way our brains and bodies are wired is we want to avoid pain and we want to seek pleasure, or seek safety. So it's, it's, it's something kind of built into our biology. They would need something or someone, which is the Holy Spirit, certainly, that helps us be aware of this and deal with that tendency. Now, do you think this is uh, about, you know, wanting the praises of men rather than the praises of God? I mean, are we going in that direction when it comes to people pleasing pastors? Absolutely. Apostle Paul, I think it's Galatians 1.10, he said, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And several other places in the Bible, it says, you don't want to be driven by pleasing men, by pleasing people. But again, the differentiation is we want to do good. We want God to work through us and love people and serve people, which brings a sense of pleasure to other people. But when it's a very selfish, a very self-centered, all about me to build my platform, to build my church, that's when it really becomes super unhealthy, as yeah. well as when we when we like, I, we can't say no, or we delay tough conversations, or we walk on eggshells. Those are other ways that we're, I think, evidencing this kind of people-pleasing tendency. Yeah, and this is very timely when it comes to news. I, I won't mention names, I promise you that, but we can guess who you know some of the people are. But these are mega pastors that have been in the news because, yeah. and I could say that, you know, a lack of accountability, uh, yeah. or, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, authority, uh, of abuse of power and things like yeah. that. I mean, that's a dynamic that unfortunately we see too often. And then, uh, and then they're out of ministry. Well, the pathological word for the, the pathology that describes that is narcissism. And there actually have been studies done. Narcissism is this un, super unhealthy, self-focused attention. Hmm. And a lot of times, those who have great public skills are very narcissistic. Not everybody. So I don't want any, any of your listeners to think I'm blanket, you know, saying this in a blanket way. But narcissism can be very, very deadly. And, you know, we can look through probably just the past few years and seeing so many of these pastors that are falling, just heartbreak. I think there is a narcissism that I'm so important that I can do, I can do no wrong. And of course we've seen the, the great hurt that's, yeah. that happened because of that. Oh yeah. We want to be right back with Charles Stone. He's the uh, author. He's also a pastor, but he's the author of people pleasing pastors, avoiding the pitfalls of approval, motivated leadership uh, we'll be right back. Learn a whole lot more right after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with BostonPerfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. 
Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Scent Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. The world and everything in it delivers sound journalism grounded in God's Word through a daily 30-minute podcast. From essential headlines to feature stories to international news straight from the field. After only one or two listens, you'll wonder how you got through your daily routine without it. Listen anywhere you typically enjoy podcasts or by going to wng.org slash podcast. Every day, over three and a half million children walk, bike, and ride to a Christian school. Every day. But many of our schools are in danger of closing. Our Christian schools are too important to our children, to our families, and to our nation to let that happen. Christian School Management at christianschoolmanagement.org is dedicated to the health of our Christian schools. Contact christianschoolmanagement.org to help your Christian school fill and stay filled with children impacting our nation. Charlotte Christian College and Theological Seminary believes that every Christian has a distinct calling and that he or she must boldly respond to that call. Charlotte Christian specializes in equipping the adult learner and all degrees are available both online and on campus. Degree fields include urban Christian ministry, biblical studies, pastoral studies, and more. So whether you are called to full-time ministry or as a co-vocational minister, Charlotte Christian can help you. Visit us at charlottechristian.edu or call 704-334-6882. Okay, we're back with Charles Stone, and he's the author of the book, People-Pleasing Pastors. You want to avoid the pitfalls of approval-motivated leadership, you know, being a yes man, as they say. And I like in the back of your book, this is like perfect for a voiceover, okay, where it says you can't please everyone. Have you ever tried to avoid an argument by changing the topic? said yes to a request when you should have said no, appointed an unqualified person for a role because a powerful board member insisted on it. If you answered yes to any of these, you might be a people pleaser. I love the way that that's written. Yes. <laughs> All over really true. Yeah, it, well, it really is. And so, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, you're, how can I say, in, people need help and support. You provide that to pastors. Uh, you make leaders out of them as a consultant, uh, as a pastor yourself. All right. So if you could just have a megaphone and speak to all the seminaries, okay, that are avoiding a very important part when it comes to, you know, raising up uh, people who they spend a lot of money in seminary and uh, they don't want to be uh, out of ministry. So what's the, what's that key piece you think they're missing? And maybe that they, they could buy your book. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, I'm, I'm currently a PhD program on, on uh, practical theology and looking at stress in ministry because it is really, really huge. And when we're stressed, when we're exhausted, when we're tired, we tend to default to these unhealthy tendencies. So if, if I could make a suggestion to seminaries, it would be to make sure you build into your curriculum enough courses, enough coursework, reading, study, projects, so that these pastors that are being developed not only do they develop their biblical knowledge and their skills in management or their skills in preaching, but that they uh, that you build a curriculum to help pastors be spiritually healthy and emotionally healthy 
and have some tools where they can recognize some of these weak places in their lives so that they don't become like termites. Like in Canada, we don't have termites up here, but in the South, if you bought a house, you had to get a termite letter because termites destroy from the inside out. I think people please, it can do that very sort of thing. So seminaries build a strong curriculum to build healthy pastors. I think it's an element that uh, is really important because People really mean well when it comes to ministry. They figure that people just want to learn about Jesus and the Bible, and then they're dealing with the interpersonal conflicts and things like that. And I guess the easiest way to deal with it is just being a people-pleasing pastor. Uh, that way the board won't be on their back and and uh, Martha and Betty Lou and who's sitting that uh, in the pew over there. I mean, there's so many different things going on, and I don't think people understand just how stressful it is to be a pastor. Right. Well, it's interesting that in the moment to be a people pleaser may be the easy way out, but in the long term, there's a much greater cost. Let's say you you've got someone that uh, asks you to do something that you think I don't in, in your mind I don't need to do this. This is not going to contribute to the mission, but I don't want to say no, so I say yes. And two things happen after that: you berate yourself, you're so mad, and saying yes. The second thing is you go and do it, and it takes time that you could have spent on something more important. So there is that tendency to, because we don't want to feel that hurt. Remember again how the brain processes social pain. We don't want to feel that hurt. So in the moment, instead of feeling the hurt now, we choose to feel it later, and it's a whole lot more hurt later, and it, it robs us of our of our joy and our effectiveness at a later point. Yeah, it's important. And it's something you mentioned in the book. You say that, you know, self-awareness is the key to healthy leadership. And so and here people are not really knowing how they may even come across uh, to other people and uh, being aware of self. What does that mean? Well, Michael, what I suggest, I've created this little acronym that is a tool to help us be able to catch some of these things in us, but unless we're intentional, we'll miss them. And I use a little acronym. I like to use acronyms. It's an easy way to pack more stuff into a shorter uh, little nugget. And it's the, the acronym PRESENT, P-R-E-S-E-N-T. And each of these stand for a particular kind of behavior or attitude shift that it helps us deal with people pleasing as well as help us deal with you know other kinds of things that we we struggle in our lives and if you'd like me to go through those we have time for that be happy to of course all right well i'll just kind of go through them real quickly and maybe we can pick one and elaborate on well first of all p the first p stands for the only p stands for probe your past because we're all products of our past whether we recognize it or not so we must probe our past secondly revisit your values that's the r we all must live by core values, but a lot of us don't because we don't know what our core values are. So you got to refine them, find them, and revisit them. That's P-R-E. Stands for exposure emotional triangles. That is, we get in these triangles. There's person A and person B. They got a problem. They suck us in, and we're not the solution to it, but we get sucked in. So we need to, E, expose those emotional triangles. S stands for search for your gaps. That is, find out what your default mode is. We all have a tendency, our default mode, and it's people-pleasing and just in general, our weak parts, we have these gaps. We need to find them. That's S. E stands for engage your dissidents. Really important for pastors. We tend to run from those who criticize us, run from our so-called enemies, and I'm using that very loosely, but the reality is if you engage them at some level, they're going to be less of, a, of an issue for you. So that's E. Uh, and then N stands 
for Nurture Your Soul Through Christ-Centered Mindfulness. Two books ago, I wrote about mindfulness, a Moody publication, Nurture Your Soul Through Christ-Centered Mindfulness. And finally, number seven is Tame Your Reactivity by Moderating Your Reactions Through Spirit-Directed Thoughtfulness. So each of those, P-R-E-S-E-N-T, stands for one of those behaviors or attitude shifts. Well, Charles, can I call you Charles or Pastor Yeah, you bet. Sure, Charles. (laughs) Okay, all right. Charles in charge. Uh, Charles, uh, I want to ask you a question, though, because if you could also speak directly to board members, too, because, you know, sometimes we talk about, you know, the yes man pastor that is really under the thumb of a board member or the members, you know, the board members or however you want to put it. That's just a difficult situation. We want the pastors to preach the word of God, you know? to study, to be have support. Uh, how often would you say that a pastor is under the thumb of, of a board or some sort of uh, leadership? And if you could speak right to the board, what are they producing? Well, I think the, the issue between board and pastor is, is a huge source of consternation and, and stress. Now, fortunately, in my situation, uh, you know, obviously, we don't always agree eye to eye, but I'm on the board, but I don't even vote, and I'm fine with that because we have such good relationship. And here's one of the keys, I think, for every board to help their pastor. Before I came, what our board did was they created something called Guiding Principles. Basically, it's a document that answers questions. How does the board work with the pastor, and what what are the responsibilities for each? I was able to come in and understand the clarity of those responsibilities, and it relieves so much pressure. Because another thing, the a brain thing, the brain does not like uncertainty. We want to wear prediction. The brain's a prediction machine. It wants to predict what's next. If it can't predict what's next, if it's uncertain, it engages our fear centers. Mm. So I would say that would be a crucial thing for the board to be clear about their role and the pastor clear about his role and that they communicate that clearly. That was a huge piece for me when I came to West Park Europe in London, Ontario. Yeah, because I think the pastor, I mean, they should have a lot of freedom to be able to uh, preach and teach the word, but I, I don't think people really see pastors or understand that they can be under the thumb of, of leadership. I mean, I don't mean to keep harping on it, but you know, what happens is that they have uh, no freedom to really do what they're called to do. And I and some of them get out of ministry because of it. Right, right, yeah. And I, I have to say, too, from pastors, and I've, I've been guilty of this, we can, because, again, that people-pleasing, we fear that things aren't going to go our way. And when we get in a tense situation, stressful situation, instead of responding in a calm manner, we amp things up by reaction. Proverbs says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So it, it really goes both ways, clear understanding, what are the guidelines? How do we work together? And how do we resolve a conflict? That, that's a, a huge, huge piece to keep a board pastor harmony. Well, when we come back, we're going to learn how a pastor or a leader is much like an avocado. How is that possible? We're going to find out a little bit. Charles Stone, our special guest, 
people-pleasing pastors, avoiding the pitfalls of approval-motivated leadership. We'll be right back after this. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees, available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, back with uh, Charles Stone, Pastor Charles Stone. Uh, he is, I'm going to get it right here, he is lead pastor of West Park Church in London, Ontario, and founder of Stonewell Ministries, where he coaches pastors and church leaders, applying neuroscience into spiritual leadership as well. And so uh, I saw this right here, avocados in ministry. So I'm just going to read one way to visualize differentiation of self is to picture an avocado. If you cut it in half, you see the mushy green stuff in the pit. It doesn't take much effort to remove the mushy part of the avocado. You can easily spoon it out or scrape it off. However, you can't do the same with a pit. You can easily cut it or change its shape. Why? Because it's solid. And then you say a pastor with a strong spiritual and emotional core, you know, strong leadership immune system is like that large solid seed in the avocado. Go ahead and elaborate if you would. Yeah, that's just a great visual. Um, Dr. Murray Bowen uh, developed something called family systems. And differentiation of self, it was a, a core component of his view of, of relationships and counseling and so forth. And basically, differentiation self is I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. I can state who I am. I can be who I am, even though I might have uh, people who whole different opinion. So that really helps this whole people-pleasing thing. Now, you think of the avocado again, we don't want to relate to people like this hard nut <laughs> gore inside an avocado. We're not whacking them over the head. But really, is the illustration is toward us that we have a strong value system. We know who we are. We're strong in the Lord. We have strong, healthy relationships. Now, there's still that little squishy part. You know, we I enjoy avocados. You don't want, you want to still have some, you know, softness to your soul and to the way you relate. But that is so crucial. Another illustration I use to kind of create this inner core is like a compass. Actually, not exactly like a compass, but like a gyro compass. You know, you got a compass. When I was a kid, I was a boy scout. You could put a magnet around a compass and what's that needle going to do? It's going to spin whichever direction you, and you put the magnet on. But a gyro compass is a different contraption magnets don't throw it off. And we need to have these strong values that we know that are like a gyro compass that aren't thrown off by uh, circumstances like a composite. So that's there's a parallel illustration there with the avocado and that gyro compass and, and your personal values. Yeah, I have some avocados waiting for me. They, they usually go bad. 
if I don't eat them in a timely manner. That's right. Yes. But, but maybe there's something there. I don't know about that. But um, so, uh, you know, what do we leave out here as far as in your book? Because who is that singer? You can't please everyone. So you got to please yourself. Uh, who is that singer? Uh, you know, I'm not a musician uh, guy. So uh, I, I know the words, though, but I can't place the musician. It, it, I think it was called Garden Party. And oh, yes. Of, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I went to the garden party. Um, I don't know the name of that. Uh, Nelson, something Ricky Nelson, maybe? Could, could be, could be. Could be, oh, well. And I'm not much of a singer either. But you know, when it comes to people pleasing uh, pastors, can they get out of that mode? And if they don't get out of the mode, what happens? What would you say also would be three things that people do to recover from being a people pleasing pastor? They must learn. Well, I think the first thing is to honestly recognize it and admit it. Uh, and whether you probably already know it, <laughs> if a pastor is listening right now, like I am, or maybe they need a counselor or a good friend that loves them, they can speak into them. So you got to acknowledge it and recognize it. I think number two, you got to want to change it. And by wanting to change it, you have to realize it will ruffle some feathers. It will create some pain, but you got to want to. But then the third point, you got to have an action plan. You have to have specific guidelines. You probably need some help, a safe friend that'll walk through this with you, get some help. So if the book is helpful. So I think those are the three key things you must do. Recognize that you got to want to change, knowing it's going to be difficult, and you got to have a plan. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're without support. But how do, how do pastors respond to this book? Because you cover a lot. I mean, again, you're a consultant. You work with pastors and leaders. And so... Um, is this one of those books where a little too late, sometimes people, they're in the ministry, they, they wish they read this before entering. I have told myself before, I wish I knew what I knew, had known when I wrote this book 25 years ago, it's never too late to start. Now it's what's the old phrase, water under the bridge. You can't change the past, but by God's grace, you can change the future. You can be a better leader. You can be a stronger person and you can uh, impact the kingdom in a greater way than perhaps before when you were caught into this people pleasing. So yeah, change is possible at any time by the power of the spirit. Now, since we're talking about leadership, Charles, I want to mention, because how do you feel? I mean, honestly, what's happening much when you think of the church and it should be all about God's word. And sometimes when it becomes something about getting people, um, how can I say this? on board with maybe just the culture of the church or maybe just the fun aspect of the church. Of course, people want to have a good time and you want people to come back, but you ever th sometimes feel that the pastors aren't making the main thing, the main thing, you know, Jesus? You know, I think that um, as we, as the church is really facing some incredible challenges now, as we look back, of course, you know, with the, your 20, hindsight's always 2020. I think there's some things we can learn. And what I'm hearing now is that people, whether they're believers or even unbelievers, especially this rising generation, they don't want the bells and whistles. Not that we don't do a job well. You know, we want to be excellent in what we do. But I believe there is a greater hunger because there's a greater void in the world, a greater hunger for the truth of God's word, delivered with grace, certainly. You know, when to beat people over the head with the Bible. But I think we're in, a, in a, an age in a world now that desperately not only needs it, but I think there is, I'm praying for a hunger. You know, as, we, as we're in this whole COVID thing and the uncertainty that pastors will realize, you know, 
I'm going to do my best. I'm going to I'm going to minister with excellence, but I'm really going to do my best to bring God's word in, in a compelling way that stirs the heart of the listener and engages them with the Holy Spirit. What were you saying uh, when it comes to a pastor who really kind of grew through your leadership, through your uh, consulting and changed everything? I mean, I'm sure that that's so rewarding to you to see how the dynamic of a church and how maybe the people and even the board responded to a pastor and, you know, learn these leadership principles uh, that are in your book, People Pleasing Pastors. Uh, have you seen that a lot? I mean, is that is that why you're in this as far as as a consultant where things just uh, change a different level of respect and how they see the pastor? Uh, what's that all about? Well, I do coaching, too, and I find that coaching is a great tool to help pastors own the changes they want to make and and um, choose to make the changes that, that they want to make. And the reality is change is slow. And there's an old saying like, I, I don't mind change as long as it doesn't have to be me. So when I help a pastor through a coaching relationship or even consulting, it's, I, I try to help them discern the changes that need to be made and create a plan that doesn't blow people away. I remember one time I went to this big church growth conference. This is an early on when I started a church in Atlanta. And I came back and I did my sermon that we're going to be like this church. We were a little small church, little, maybe a little over 100, about 200. Uh, we lost 100 people because I pushed the change so hard. So I really try to help pastors massage that change, think through the change. How are you going to communicate the change? How's it going to change you? What's going to happen if the changes don't go so well? So managing change wisely is really, really crucial. And I've seen some pastors do it well and some not do it so well. At times, I've not done it so well. Yeah. And if you're a pastor listening or a seminary student, you got to get this book, okay? It's by Charles Stone, People-Pleasing Pastors, Avoiding the Pitfalls of Approval-Motivated Leadership. You want to get it. Why? And I'm not trying to use a negative, but I want to say that you mentioned one of the biggest shocks from the research that you've done, the large number of anonymous stories pastors shared about their experience, people-pleasing. What can happen? Loss of confidence? You say vision, confusion, uh, as far as for the church, church division, quitting the ministry, loss of momentum, and people could really avoid all that. And so, you know, a lot of times people feel they have nowhere to turn. They're suffering because it is a, it's just difficult being a leader uh, and you have to learn uh, how to do that. And Charles Stone explains it all. uh, People pleasing pastors, avoiding the pitfalls of approval motivated leadership. Do you have a prayer for all the uh, people in ministry that deal with uh, all things that you don't expect sometimes? I mean, the church is a beautiful place, and uh, I don't think people understand. Sometimes there's, well, there's gossip, and there's things that make it difficult. Uh, Not all the time, certainly, but it's one of the things that pastors struggle with. What kind of prayer would you like to pray for, for people in ministry? And we, once again, appreciate you being on the program. Sure. Oh, I just have a brief prayer. Father, I just want to pray for all these pastors who are really struggling through COVID, the uncertainty there. Lord, remind them that you love them, that you give them everything they need, that you walk with us through our difficult times, and that your spirit is there for encouragement, for guidance, and for wisdom, and that one day we will stand before him and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So that'd be my challenge, Michael, for all the pastors. Remember that one day we will, our motivation should be to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, thank you so much. You say yes 
pastures, but don't don't be afraid to say no, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charles Stone, thank you. God bless you. And thanks for being on the program. Thanks, Michael. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.